0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, talk, radio. Show talk Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-Ending news that it was refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our Founding Fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers What are the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hope you had an incredible, elongated, and continuing 4th of July holiday weekend. It was my birthday. I turned 54 years old yesterday. Man, I'm getting old, ladies and gentlemen. I've been at this broadcast for 25 years. The 25th year Liberty Roundtable Live celebration happens all year long. Sam Bushman, Kirk Cosby, many, many, many other contributors, many people behind the scenes who deserve credit. We appreciate them and all that they do as well. I know sometimes, you know, it's like a football game. The people on the line never get near the credit. A lot of the people that do a lot of the work don't get the credit. But we're grateful for everyone who has been involved in this broadcast. And there have been many over the years who have really put their time, their talents, their money, and everything else where it counts. And we're so grateful indeed for that. By the way, the Fourth of July reality extends for us as we fight for independence every single day on your radio. Our broadcasts are available LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net on the Loving Liberty website. By the way, I might add, there's live and on demand radio via the web with hosts around the clock. In addition to that, they have a live, um, or I should say, a download uh, of their phone apps, iPhone. Android, download the apps, live and on demand radio, free at your fingertips. You can also click and follow the Twitter feed and a whole lot more for LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word liberty dot LovingLiberty.net. All right, quick recap of, I guess it wasn't Saturday's show. I took a break on Saturday and Sunday to have a real weekend. I rarely get a whole weekend, right? But so this is Friday's broadcast, but it was very 4th of July-esque, if you will. We had our guest on Chris Carlson, discussion of all things liberty. We talked about happy Independence Day weekend. Let your 4th of July or your Independence Day, think of it as thanks to God, family, and country, would you please? We also talked about in his book, Roles for Radicals, Saul Alinsky outlined a simple formula for overthrowing one's, quote, political opposition. Pick a target. Freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. We talked about that in detail, That that's unfolding today at an alarming rate. Beware. We also talked about gaslighting how psychopaths demonize and demoralize their opposition. We talked about do you recognize the degradation of conservative culture by promoting Trump as the standard bearer? Trump's done, Trump's done a lot of good folks, but he's got some morality and, and, and stability Historical problems, right? But God can use who he will. Be clear about that, too. We talked about Ezra Taft Benson. He was the Secretary of Agriculture under the Eisenhower administration. We talked about his incredible book, This Nation Shall Endure. That's right. This Nation Shall Endure. And how it was an appropriate discussion to have on Independence Day weekend. Amen to that. If ye love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude better than The animating contests of freedom, go home from us in peace. We ask not for your counsels or arms. Crouch down and lick the hands that feed you. May your chains sit lightly on you and your posterity and forget that you are our countryman, Samuel Adams. Let's talk about the prospect of a modern-day George Washington. Folks, you can't have... A single person that you believe is your hero that saves the day you have a good bunch of people that make a difference but ladies and gentlemen you can help restore hope in our country by bearing the torch of Jesus Christ ladies and gentlemen future generations are counting on your response ladies and gentlemen for the sacred cause of Liberty that wrapped up hour one with Chris Carlson Hour two we had on dr. Scott Bradley to preserve the nation his lifelong goal in collegiate series both available at uh, freedom'srisingsun.com. Please contemplate the debt we owe America's founders. Amen to that. Please contemplate the debt we owe to America's founders. John Hargrove delivers an incredible sermon—or sermon, I'm sorry—on the second coming of Christ. The speech was called "Unto Liberty." Just tremendous. John Hargrove pointing us to Christ as we ought to be doing ourselves. We talked about the future of America depends largely on the response of the church to the call of Christ. Will we be fitters of men? Will we pray for America? Will we be salt and light in our day and in our culture? To those around us, great questions by the American Family Association. That is the roundtable recap of Friday's broadcast. We played that same show back on Saturday, not because we couldn't be live Saturday. Once in a while, we want to spend time with loved ones and sleep in, get a little extra rest, make sure we have energy and strength and recovery. You know, we all need a little bit of downtime. You you can work hard. We work hard on this broadcast, two hours a day, six days a week. So we work plenty hard. But you know what? Sometimes you got to think about this. You cannot run faster than you have strength. That's a biblical reality check for us all, I guess. Right. Uh, So there you have that. That's the recap as well. Uh, we're going to get our guest on, Lowell Nelson, here in a second. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org, always doing a phenomenal job on your radio. And uh, he's also with Ron Paul Institute.org. He's the Utah State Director for um, Campaign for Liberty. And you know, Campaign for Liberty is huge. They've got chapters all over the country. Ron Paul, after he ran for president, unsuccessful in 08 and 12. Uh, then he put together this Campaign for Liberty group, and they're incredible, man. they got campuses all across the country. Uh, they've got great, great people doing wonderful things, and that's why we want to add them to the roundtable as well. Um, they got their leadership school, political leadership school, coming up in Utah on July 31st, 9 to 5, lunches included. You'll learn incredible techniques about, about how the political process works, uh, not just for a candidate, but I'm talking about all the way through from the time people start campaigning to the time you vet those um, candidates, all the way through with the details, how the delegates work, how the parties work, who, who's where, what you need to do to make a difference, how your influence can be felt, the right questions to ask. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Campaign for Liberty doing a wonderful job at supporting you in those efforts. Um, campaignforliberty.org. So there's a leadership school, July 31st, the last Saturday in July available for you now sign up it's nine to five lunches included it's all day saturday incredible leadership training Lowell, welcome sir
2: thanks for having me uh, sam appreciate being on with you
1: all right you want to add more on this leadership school
2: uh no you hit uh, you always uh, hit it hard uh, right out of the park uh, sam uh no i just, the only one thing i would add is uh, normally this kind of training would cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars but uh because uh I'm making it available basically at cost. It's only going to cost you 40 bucks if you sign up uh, right now. It will cost you 50 later. But if you sign up right now, then it's only 40 bucks, and you can do that by going to, to uh, faculty-training.org slash schools and uh, find the one in Sandy. So that's, that's where you sign up, folks. We really need to – I mean, look at all the freedom that we've lost this year. Look at all of the – tyrannical lockdowns and so forth, the un, unconstitutional uh, acts by our, our legislatures, by our governors, by our mayors. And uh, we really need to take our, our freedoms back. We need to reassert our sovereignty as people. And so it really is a sacred duty we have to keep the flame of liberty burning, right? That's, that's our job. Uh, it, it's uh, We keep that flame burning uh for this current generation and uh to preserve the freedoms of the next generation. So that's uh, that's our, our our job, that's our our school's mission, uh Sam is to equip and train today's leaders to truly understand what is at stake and to keep adding fuel to the fire of liberty. Thank you, Sam.
1: Amen to that. Speaking of the fire of liberty, ladies and gentlemen, the founding fathers lit brush fires of freedom everywhere. We intend to do the same. Independence Day celebration all weekend along. It continues into Monday, and the reason that it does is because a lot of groups, uh, when it's when it, when a holiday's on Saturday, they take it Friday. When a holiday's on Sunday, they take it Monday. So uh, Independence Day really is celebrated today for the most part. Two hundred forty-fifth year anniversary of our liberty uh, in the United States. Well, that's an incredible milestone to say the least.
2: It is because most uh, cultures, most civilizations, rarely last uh, even a, a century, and here we and, and freedom-oriented societies rarely last even a century. And here we are, over two, almost two and a half centuries old, and um, and, and and in some ways we're really quite young. You know, compared to the, the Chinese dynasties, for example, we are very very young. Uh, but compared to banana republics, uh, we are, have great longevity, and the point I just wanted to make here, Sam, was that um, you know, next to life itself, I believe that our agency, our freedom, it really is the most precious gift from God. And it's this this agency, this accountability of mankind that Lucifer attempted to thwart before mankind was planted on this earth. Well, and here it is, Independence Day. We celebrate this liberty that we have, this marvelous gift from God, the ability to make choices, to choose. And, um, you know, the, the, the adversary has been attempting to quash this liberty from the very beginning, even from 1776. And uh, the fight goes on, and we'll be talking about some of the elements of those battles today, Sam, truly. The eternal
1: uh, war in heaven between Christ and Satan continues on earth. We're here to talk about it on your radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, Liberty.org with me. We're talking about Independence Day celebration, 245 years this elongated celebratory weekend. I hope instead of beer and, you know, that kind of stuff, it's all about God, family, and country. 245th year anniversary, incredible milestone for the young republics. Next to life itself, ladies and gentlemen, we believe... That agency is the most precious gift from God. The agency and accountability of man was a, a, uh, well, it was thwarted by uh, Satan. Before mankind was planted on the earth, uh, there was a big battle, a war in heaven. God, our Father in heaven, and His Son Jesus Christ versus Satan. Christ said, "Hey, give the glory to God," and you have your agency, your ability to choose. Satan said, "Nah, no, I don't believe in agency." I'll trash your agency and force you to be good. But, hey, you know what? Everyone will make it back to live with our Father in Heaven again. We'll be one big, and I jettison the word happy in this case, family, right? Okay, but you know what? We chose freedom. We chose agency. We chose liberty. And that is the core of the battle on the earth today, and it's what America was set up to protect, lol.
2: Absolutely right, Sam. Um uh, Satan would have forced us to do what was right, and thereby we wouldn't have been able to prove ourselves you can 't prove that you're, you're valiant enough to to do what 's right if you don 't have the, the choice to do what 's wrong so by by uh, allowing us uh, choices by choosing to 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 live on on a, on an earth where we had choices we could choose between good and evil, then we're able to prove ourselves to prove our valiance to, uh, to our to our heavenly father and and so this this battle today, I mean, one of the most important things that, that happened, of course, was the, the formation of this country, the writing of the Constitution, of course, the writing of the Declaration, which preceded that, and, and so forth, because this allows us now to have the freedom, we have the liberty, we can choose good or evil, and, and thereby prove our, our valiance by choosing what is right. And yet, this liberty is the very same liberty that the adversary wanted to quash in the very beginning. He tried, uh, he, he, he tried hard to, to kill the spirit of liberty in the 1700s, and then again in the 1800s. I mean, right from the very beginning of our fledgling country, uh, he was actively trying to, to stop it and undermine it. And erode our liberties and curtail our freedoms, and that battle goes on today. In fact, it reminds me, Sam, that maybe uh, I don't remember who said this, but you know, there's nobody so hopelessly enslaved as he to whom thinks, uh, or he who thinks he is free. And I believe that characterizes most Americans today. We we believe we're free. We sing songs about our freedom, and I have no no beef with that. I think it's important to sing songs and tell stories about freedom. But if we do so without understanding the chains of bondage in which we serve. In which we live, then we're we're deceiving ourselves, and so it becomes so important for us to understand what's going on around us, and and uh, you know the, the things we talk about on this radio show week after week, day after day, that is that that's done to help us understand uh, these these chains of bondage that are being forged for us, and to help us fight against them and to to, uh, uh, to toss them on the trash bin of history, and to never never uh, serve or, or be be chained in in to bondage ourselves so kind of a kind of a long answer to a short question sam but that's really what we're after here on liberty roundtable right
1: amen to that and i pray you celebrate by thinking of god family and country and i pray that you celebrate by preserving liberty a lot of people believe this is a political discussion and see i don't believe there is such thing as politics lol i think that's a word mm. used to divide everyone Uh, I believe that there are really only moral issues, and uh, you always want to be on the right side of a moral issue. I don't care about Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, you know, left, right, white, black, whatever divide line, male, female, gay, straight, whatever divide line they want to throw into the mix, all that is a political effort to make things complicated, to make most people jump out of the fray they don't want to be involved. Really, there are political, uh, I'm sorry, there are moral issues and moral positions to take on those issues. And uh, we ought to celebrate understanding the moral cause in which we're engaged here. Uh, and so, to me, life is vital. The pro-life celebration and the agency celebration are two of the keys for sure. And it's important that we understand the difference between politics uh, and moral issues. If I say I'm pro-life, if I say I'm a male, God created male and female and gave us life. That is not a political statement, Lowell. If I say I believe in a man and a woman, a binary— and the two uh, are deemed of God, to marry, to have children, to create the fundamental unit of society, the family. They've turned these all into political issues, but they're not. They're moral statements that God has set forth. Now, you can choose to obey or believe in them or not obey and disbelieve them. That's our choice, but the consequences are not ours. The consequences come naturally as a result of the choices we make so we own the choices we have our agency it's the only real gift we can give god is doing what he asks us and wants us to do uh, i digress except to point out that these aren't political statements ladies and gentlemen i know our society makes them all political uh, but the truth is that's the divide and conquer tactic of satan these are moral statements all of them lol
2: hmm. wow yeah well said sam i agree 100 percent um having the courage to 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 um to stand up for for morality is absolutely key, and and having the discernment to understand that these so-called political statements are really moral statements is is, is spectacular. Right? I think it's so astute an observation from you, and I think a lot of people are have been hoodwinked, as you say, hoodwinked into believing that they are political statements, and because politics is dirty, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to. divided and and, weak and uh, welfare. and some
1: people are more moral than others and some people are moral but they're quiet about it so some people are more vocal than others i get all those things i get that you have your personality and your nature and your comfort zones and everything else but i would encourage everyone to understand them and you could take any statement any issue that we advocate for and you can manipulate it into politics or you can take a moral stance i'll give you an example global warming or climate change that's a great one You know, do I believe in global warming and climate change? Well, let me answer it this way. God's in charge of the weather. And when we do what he asks, then the weather cooperates for the most part. When we don't do what God asks, he oftentimes uses the weather and eventually famine and other things, uh, storms and calamities to remind us, to help us remember our God and turn back to him. It's actually a loving God does this uh, to prevent worse consequences from befalling us. Well, I bring that up to say, is there climate change? Well, absolutely. God changes the climate when he wants to bring us in remembrance to him. However, does climate change then, is that a moral question? Yes, God gave us the earth and we should take care of it. We're, we should be good stewards of the earth. Care for it. Take care of it, right? I believe in that. But now you say, okay, we're going to use climate change now to have government insert themselves and manipulate our lives to the point where government becomes a dictator a tyrannical force over us, destroying our agency on the altar of global warming, and now I reject it and say that's bogus. You see the difference, ladies and gentlemen? One is a non confrontational non-political moral viewpoint based on God's law and God's love for his children. And the other one is government inserts itself above God and says we'll mandate, as Satan would do, the agenda we have for controlling new purposes. I reject that notion. See how mixed up it gets when you turn moral issues into political issues? Wow! Just want to say, Lowell, what do you think of that?
2: I love it. I love it, Sam. I think we need to be asking ourselves more often the question. Well, you know, for every political question or issue that comes along, we have to ask ourselves, okay, what's the moral aspect of this? I mean, what, what what's really being argued here? What 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 are we losing in this uh, in this fight? If I if I if I get on one side or I get on the other, is am I really missing the point here? You know, so I. I, I love the fresh perspective you bring, uh, you know, to, these, to, to, to the table when it comes to these uh, so-called political discussions, Sam. There really are moral questions, and, and I love how you, you bring these to the table and help us see them more clearly, Sam. Well, thank
1: you, sir. And Kit Knightley does the same with a very unique perspective that I think is brilliant. Lowell's got it for you, the teaser and then the breakdown after the pause, Lowell.
2: Well, that's right. Um, You know, we talked last week about General Milley's, uh, you know, basically, he's our Joint Chiefs of Staff right now. He basically was turning the guns on us, calling us domestic terrorists, marginalizing us with cancel culture and so forth, right? I mean, that's what we talked about. Well, this, uh, it turns out that last month, the Biden regime, and I I used that word on purpose, regime, because, you know, I used to be soft and say administration, but... You know, it really is a regime because they they run around with an iron fist or a velvet glove, as you say. Um, Anyway, the Biden regime released their so-called National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism document. This document is what we want to take a look inside and see what is a domestic terrorist, Sam. How do they define it in this document? The answer will surprise you, Sam.
1: Amen to that. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson on your radio. This is Campaign for Liberty.org and LibertyRoundtable.com. Teaming up with lovingliberty.net to tell the tale of Liberty as we extend our 4th of July, Independence Day weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Hang tight, your daily Liberty
0: Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with
7: Lance Pride. Rescuers were given the go-ahead to resume the search for victims of the Surfside, Florida, building collapse after the remaining portion of the building was pulled down in a controlled demolition Sunday night. Officials say the demolition went exactly as planned. About ten thirty p.m. Eastern, Pope Francis went to a Rome hospital on Sunday for scheduled surgery of his large intestine. The news came a few hours after Francis greeted the public in St. Peter's Square and told them he would go to Hungary and Slovakia in September. Officials in Cuba evacuated 180,000 residents amid concerns about flooding from the deadly tropical storm Elsa as it rolls along the southern region on Monday. The National Hurricane Center said it would gain minimal strength after Elsa moves over the southeastern Gulf of Mexico. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Saturday declared a state of emergency in 15 counties. This is USA Radio News.
6: Awesome and amazing day, men! John Jubilee with Energized Health, and I want to just talk to you man to man for a moment. One third of men 50 and over suffer with high blood pressure. That high blood pressure medication has a horrible side effect worse than death erectile dysfunction. And it's brutal, but let's just talk about it medically. We have had thousands of people completely reverse diabetes, high blood pressure, irritable bowel syndrome, yes, and EV, raise their testosterone 500 points naturally through the breakthrough science of intercellular hydration. Men, if you're intelligent, you're skeptical. I want you to be skeptical. But go log on to our website, energizehealth.com. Click that red button. Watch a masterclass. And then watch thousands of men just like you who reversed every single issue that I just mentioned. I don't make a claim. My clients make a claim. EnergizeHealth.com.
7: Tyson Foods has announced a recall of chicken. Jeremy Scott with the Oregon USA Radio News Bureau explains.
8: Tyson Foods is recalling nearly 8.5 million pounds of its frozen, fully cooked chicken over fears of possible listeria contamination. The products were made at a plant in Missouri between last December and April. The products were shipped nationwide to retailers and institutions, including hospitals, nursing facilities, restaurants, schools, and Department of Defense locations. The USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service said two people became ill with listeriosis. Tyson says in a statement. While there is no conclusive evidence that the products were contaminated at the time of shipment, the voluntary recall is being initiated out of an abundance of caution. To be safe, you should throw out the chicken or return it to the store.
7: Over the year of 2019, the company issued four separate recalls for its frozen chicken products. A massive explosion early Monday at a factory in Thailand's capital killed at least one person and wounded 29 others. The fire broke out at a foam and plastic pallet manufacturing factory just outside Bangkok. USA Radio News.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. Yeah, it's a holiday weekend, but we are live. Without a doubt, Independence Day celebration, 245th year. It's all about the principle of agency, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake, it is not political. Inside Biden's new domestic terrorism strategy kit nightly with the details. And I'm telling you right now, this is really critical to understand. Who are the terrorists? Are you a terrorist? Wouldn't you like to be a terrorist too? Just kidding. That's the way they kind of make it seem as they basically point the domestic threat as the highest threat they have. I say it's a farce. lull, just like the climate change manipulation. Yeah, are there threats? But, <laughs> yes, there are. So God says if there are threats, he gives us ultimate authority as the uh, sons and daughters of Almighty God with agency and freedom. Uh, to have the right of self-defense, codified in the Second Amendment, is your right to keep and bear arms. They want to take that away, but yet then they want to point in domestic terrorists. They claim the biggest threat. I say governments become the biggest threat in modern times. Well, I guess that's been the way it is forever, right? Uh, Lowell, let's yep. start there.
2: Well, that's right, Sam. Uh, governments have killed more men, women, and children than all the rest of the criminals put together. Um, uh, they, uh, they definitely uh, are, are the biggest threat. And, and, and the way they define domestic terrorists in this document is, is basically they, they don't define it. It's, they leave it totally ambiguous and they do so on purpose. Why? Because they want to uh, make anyone, they want to be able to make anyone into a domestic terrorist. They say the cause of domestic terrorism can be racism, religious intolerance, environmental protests. Anti-government feeling, animal rights, anti-abortion campaigners, perceived government overreach, incel ideology, Uh, that word incel is interesting, I've never seen before, but that's an ideology of entitlement or an internalization of society's shame. So uh, that's that's on the list. Incel ideology, anti-corporate globalization feeling or a mixture of any of the above, So domestic terrorists may espouse violence or they may not espouse violence. They may work in groups or they may be working alone or in loose association with no organizational structure. Domestic terrorists can be left-wing or they can be right-wing. They can be religious or secular. (laughs) And the quote goes on and on. But notice, Sam, that a domestic terrorist can be anybody who thinks anything. (laughs) The government is intentionally vague here. We're told that domestic terrorism uh, threat is complex, multifaceted, and evolving. Uh, Well, they're keeping their options open, in other words, and so don't expect any specificity in the legislation that that will be passed to counter domestic terrorism. Basically, we want to be able to, 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 to nail anybody to the wall, and they do so using vague language. And so, uh, for example, in the Washington Post, I mean, we can get some clues of what kind of a person might be the target of, of this uh, domestic terrorism policy by just looking no further than the Washington Post, which in February of this year uh, they quoted uh, a California state senator named Richard Pam uh, saying this, quote, anti-vaccine extremism is akin to domestic terrorism, end of quote. <clears throat> and on the other side of the pond, Sam head of the Metro Police's counterterrorism unit, quote called for action against coronavirus anti-vaxxers. End of quote. <clears throat> well, so now the Biden regime believes that domestic terrorists all are on the internet. <clears throat> for example, quoting again from this document, this national strategy document, quote recruiting and mobilizing individuals. Uh, So domestic terrorism, is increasingly happening on internet-based communication platforms, including social media, online gaming platforms, file upload sites, and end-to-end encrypted chat platforms, end of quote. So, because the deep state believes that all domestic terrorists live on the net, it also believes they can be tackled the very same way, which is to say, by three things, the big three, surveillance. Censorship and propaganda, right? So if you've got all the bad guys on the Internet, then you can surveil them there, you can censor them there, and you can spread your own propaganda there. And, of course, the National Strategy Document doesn't use those three words. What they say, they instead of surveillance, they call it information gathering. So whenever you hear that word, it's a code word. Information gathering is code for surveillance censorship is called countering propaganda, basically working with media partners to remove the incitement of violence. And then propaganda, they call that messaging or the, or education. So these are code words, right? Messaging education is a code word for propaganda. So again, as an example, let me quote from the document, Sam, and give you the translation. Now see if you can translate this before I give you the translation. Here's what you read. Quote, the Department of Homeland Security and others are either currently funding or implementing or plan, planning evidence-based digital programming, including enhancing media literacy and critical thinking skills, as a mechanism for strengthening user resilience to disinformation and misinformation online for domestic audiences. The Department of State and United States Agency for International Development are doing similar work globally, end of quote. Okay, so here's the translation. In my mind
1: here, they're, they're peddling propaganda, making you believe the government's got the only official acceptable narrative. You go with that, and you're fine. You don't go with that, and you're a terrorist, Lol.
2: Perfect, Sam. Uh, the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, they're funding massive propaganda campaigns designed to both brainwash the public and to discourage the public from reading any sources which disagree with the official line. You nailed it, Sam, exactly spot on. And so the author concludes this article, this Kit Knightley concludes his article with this paragraph. Quote, the manipulation of the public has been governmental practice since the dawn of time. Let that sink in for a second. The contrived public reticence to act, concealing intrigues behind the scenes which create an apparent need for action. Eventually, the public will beg the state to do something, and the state will unveil the something they were planning the whole time. Tale as old as time, true as it can be. End of quote. So, folks, we are discussing this topic really so you can more easily recognize the propaganda that bombards you every day. And thus, we hope you'll be better able to thwart these assaults on liberty and to help others around you do so as well. Sam?
1: Wow, it's a huge topic. It's almost hard to discuss because the stakes are so high. You know, I'm finding that um, I've been in this battle for a long time alone. I'm finding that they tried, tried, tried to destroy America um, just by uh, quiet happenstance or, you know, setting the stage and letting kind of the work happen by the people. But people are realizing as they enjoy their independence this year, people are realizing that, you know what, that's not happening. We want to stand up. We want to protect our values, our rights, our morality. And Americans are starting to stand up, so now they're moving to the next level. All right, which means to uh, literally destroy your independence, call you a terrorist, domestic terrorism strategy, uh, Kit nightly, really highlighting that, look, we're going to have to force you now to destroy your country or shut up while we destroy it. They're moving to the next phase of force, if you will. Thus, the column by Paul Craig Roberts, Um, enjoy Independence Day this year. It might be your last one, he says. Lol.
2: Yeah, sobering article posted at LouRockwell.com. He starts out this way, Sam. He says, the 4th of July is no longer an event to be celebrated. It has become a day of shame and remorse. On that day, a systemic racist country was created that brought slavery and oppression to blacks. The Founding Fathers created the Constitution in order to legitimize slavery. Don't just take it from me. To confirm that July 4th is the day of infamy, just consult the New York Times' 1619 project. CNN, NPR, the critical race theory taught in your local school system and in your son and daughter's university. Or just ask Kamala or Biden, end of quote. (laughs) Right? I mean, talk about, you know, you expect to sit down on Independence Day and read uh, columns uh, that uh, celebrate independence. And yet here's Paul Craig Roberts writing just the uh, uh, the opposite. <laughs> well, how come he's doing that? I mean, that really piqued my curiosity. And as I dug into this column, I I began discovering Wow, you know, maybe he's right. Isn't this what our children are being taught in school nowadays? I mean, we're this critical race theory. Uh, we we were told when I was a kid that we had, we you know we had to uh, provide restitution to to these people, to the blacks or to the Indians and so forth. Well. The, the, that, that's not even enough nowadays, That now the solution, Sam, is to eliminate whiteness. Can, can you believe that? Eliminate whiteness. All, all aspects of white, right? All monuments must be taken down. Not only Confederate heroes, but also George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abe Lincoln, even Christopher, especially Christopher Columbus. We got to eliminate white culture, Sam, that's what they're after. And, Ladies and gentlemen,
1: uh, the reason why is because white culture is what stood for it as the bastion for Christianity, all about God, family, and country. Don't let them divide us. Others are Christian as well. Liberty Roundtable Live with Lowell Nelson continues in seconds.
9: Why don't we say to the government, writ large, that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches,
2: in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places,
4: is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
10: All right,
1: ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, campaign for liberty.org and Sam Bushman on your radio. Enjoy independence this day or I'm sorry, enjoy independence day this year. It might be the last one, writes Paul Craig Roberts. Very, very serious question. Now I don't agree with him that it's the last one. I always hear that it's the last election as well and all this kind of stuff. But I get the point that we are moving into a phase who knows what, where war is becoming commonplace. Violence in the streets becoming commonplace. Force is becoming the order of the day. Uh, we're, we're changing for sure in America in a very negative, polarizing way. Uh, so I don't know that it's the last independence day per se. There's always, um, you know, the economy is going to melt down. There's always the doom today scenario. This is the last one. You know, you may not wake up tomorrow. You know, chicken little, the sky is falling. I don't go for that. I do go for the reality, though, that we are incrementally losing our liberties. And we have better wake up because you know what? They're crossing lines faster than we expected uh, and more rapidly than we thought possible. Uh, well, that is the truth.
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, he, he's using the headline just to capture your attention, and, uh, you know, it worked. Uh, I, got, I, I read in the article, and so just this one paragraph from the article is essentially what he's saying. He says, first, white culture has to be eliminated. All achievements are dismissed as racist, including the U.S. Constitution. You know, that's part of the 1619 Project, Sam. That's part of critical race theory. And he continues. He says, with the elimination of the culture goes the past, and thereby the present and the future. As more and more white persons are brainwashed into their guilt and they lose the ability to resist their own demonization, those who speak of white people in the same terms, uh, I'm sorry, those who speak of white people do so in the same terms that some Nazis spoke of Jews. They become more aggressive. They roll out the guillotine, uh, end of quote. And so, you know, really, Sam, he's it, got a point here. It's how Lenin spoke of the bourgeoisie and how Stalin spoke of the kulaks there in, you know, the, the peasant property owners in the Ukraine. That, 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 that They had to go. He, he demonized them and then he eliminated them. What's happening today? The demonization of the white people. And what's going to follow? elimination. Killing the whites is, is one way to eliminate them, but there is another way, and that is to prohibit whites from marrying whites. White and black make chocolate. You, you put those two, they, they, it's not it's neither white nor it's black. It's chocolate, and that is the goal of U.S. corporate advertising, Sam, and that brings us to the final article today, which is about the war against whites in advertisement. Boy, didn't I, I, I never knew this existed. Uh, I guess I was blind to it, but it, reading this article helped me to see, helped to open my eyes, and so I thought it was worthy talking about, Sam.
1: <laughs> there you have it. I, it's hard to even contemplate the divide, the uh, wedge they're driving in the family. Okay, we bring this up. They're going to call us white supremacists. They're going to call us haters, but they dovetail well. The war against whites uh, in advertising is how they're trying to make this divide happen. We, Richard Halk brings up this article. If you wanted to destroy a civilization, how would you go about it, huh? You would destroy, he calls it the nuclear family, but I would say the God-ordained traditional family. But you would strike at the heart of that family. and They're doing this every way possible. Uh, from turning men into gays, women into lesbians, uh, the divorce rate through the roof, the self-pursuits above family. It goes on and on and on. But he highlights this race wedge being driven uh, amongst the people as well. Let's talk about it. Well, this is critical.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, In terms of combined median incomes of interracial marriages, black husbands with white wives earned the lowest amount of any combination. The black husband and the white wife combination were also the least educated. Of the interracial combinations, marriages between whites and blacks were found to be the least stable and most likely to result in divorce. The divorce rate is higher in all interracial marriages for white women relative to a white marriage. A 2015 study examined the outcomes of women that have children with black men. Well, the results, Sam, are staggering. Currently, 70% of black children are born out of wedlock. However, when the mother is white and the father is black, the rate jumps to 97%. 98% of white mothers studied reported the father does not support their children financially. 97% report the father is not in the child's life. And 97% of the women have used welfare to help support themselves and their children Only 10% of women that have children with black men out of wedlock end up marrying. The vast majority of white women that have children with black men live far below the poverty line. So let's review, Sam. Whites are the least likely to marry outside of their race. When white women marry outside of their race, they are more likely to be abused, to become single mothers, and to live in poverty. So why the blatant propaganda? That's the question. This this U.S. advertising, corporate advertising, what they're doing? They're advertising a black man with a white woman, um, and 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 it's it's all over the place. It's become ubiquitous, almost militant, uh, so that almost everybody has has been forced to notice this, even though I never noticed this. But I think it's true. i mean I have to. I don't look. I don't watch TV much anymore, so I don't see this kind of advertising going on. But apparently, it's everywhere. This article is written three years ago. And so, you know, he answers this question. He says, well, advertising has the power to condition us to be more accepting and to usher in social change. I, I, I believe that's true. So despite the losses that businesses take with such advertising, I mean, think about that, Sam. You advertise to, um, uh, to, you know, you advertise a black man with a white woman and that doesn't fit society at large. I mean, if, if you look just the advertising, you would think that, well, most of the society is made up of black men and white women. That's not true. Most of society is white here in the United States. There's a portion of it that's black. And yet, why do these advertisers do this? Well, it's because they're pushing an agenda. They're pushing social change, right? They're trying to destroy our civilization, our culture. Um, and so, as you said, mentioned earlier, Sam, it's the destruction of the nuclear family. And so they do that by encouraging white people, especially white women, to mate with foreign men that are unlikely to support them or to raise their children. So the media, the press, the advertisers, they all create this culture of anti-white hatred These companies are not simply promoting diversity and trying to appeal to a wider range of consumers. They are promoting the increased abuse of white women. They are promoting heightened rates of communicable diseases among the people. They are promoting a generation of poor, fatherless children where tax dollars will be funneled. They are not just trying to sell products. They are trying to recreate a nation, remake it without us. They are saying they do not want white children to be made. Right? So, and, and so then he asks, well, what can we do? Well, we need to expose them. We need to stand guard and shine a light on this constant barrage of attacks. And, and just one final observation that he makes, this Richard Hauk, he makes is that the same commercials are done with only white actors and actresses. Well, how's that? Well, when the press wants to tell us to stay single to not have children, and to fight over population. They direct the message solely to a white audience. Well, you, you look at the graph, the populations of the world, Damn it it, it doesn't make any sense. The, we, you know, even in, in this century alone, the white population will never even exceed 1 billion. But you look at the Asian and the African populations, They will exceed 8 to 10 billion by the end of this century. They're going to make up the bulk of the population. So, why target the whites this way? Well, it doesn't make any sense at all unless your goal is to eliminate whites. And so, yeah, so let me tell you
1: their real goal. Their real goal has to do with attacking Christianity in the end. And the way that they can attack Christianity, they can't attack Christianity blatantly or all the Christians will stand together in their sacred cause with Christ. What they want to do is chip away at Christianity one issue at a time, divide males and females, divide families, have females live on their own, have them reject men have them uh, in race mix, you know, mixed race marriages. Uh, but the eventual real goal is Christianity. They just know that the white populations, especially in the United States, have been the bastion standing for Christian values and stability and moral issues. So if I bring this up, they're gonna tell you we're racist for even bringing this up. That's what they wanna do to shut us down and not discuss this. They're intentionally using race as a wedge to eventually destroy the family, the fundamental unit of society, but their real goal is to get to destroying Christianity. That's their real goal, because if they can take down God, family, countries are nothing. That's their goal, Lowell.
2: You're exactly right, Sam. I I truly believe that. Um, And this Richard Houck gives a couple of examples of um, uh, another way that they're trying to destroy the family. A magazine article here dated April 17th of 2015. I had six years ago. The title reads, Seven Reasons to not have kids that are supported by science because you never you are never getting that sleep back. <laughs> There's another article title. Science says you don't need to be in a relationship to be happy, right? And uh, so when a nice white couple is depicted in the media, they don't have any children. And so on one side of the coin, the enemies of our civilization, they promote constant dysgenics and social chaos through the mixing of the races. And on the other hand, they encourage white Europeans to spend time alone, atomized, deracinated, and childless. This is propaganda with the sole intent of creating a world without us. And as Sam, you put it, uh, creating a world without Christ. Because if you know Christ, you know that he encourages families, he encourages a man and woman to marry and have children. And, uh, and, and 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 to become like God. I mean that that that's the that's the reason you have families. Is, is to grow and to nurture love of Christ and love of your fellow men and love of one another. So we need you folks, you, you they want to eliminate you. We need you to stay in the battle every single day. <laughs> Strike a blow in the sacred cause of liberty, Sam. That's what we gotta do.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, understand that Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is the author of our liberty. Obedience to his commandments brings blessing, safety, and stability. God, family, and country. The opposite of that is Satan's plan for tyranny. It's uh, manifest through communism, socialism, whatever ism you want to point to, uh, fascism. All roads lead to one agenda, which is a godless society. Uh, People are designed to mate, to bring Children to the state and garments in charge of all, rather than the family in charge of all, with the father at the head and the mother beside him and God Almighty as their guide. The families are divided and they all become workers of the state. Do you want liberty or tyranny, ladies and gentlemen? The choice is clear. The war started in heaven, continues on the earth today. Where do you stand? As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Lowell Nelson, thank you so much. Incredible hour as always, my friend. Godspeed.
2: You're welcome, my good man. Take care.
1: There you go. Celebrating the 4th of July, extended weekend, independence weekend is Lowell Nelson. God, family, and country. That's what I'm celebrating, contemplating, advocating for, and more on your radio every day, six days a week. Shout We Talk the Sabbath. We'll listen and rest. How's that? Thanks so much to all of you for all that you do for the sacred cause of liberty. For Sam and Lowell and everyone on our team, God save the Republic of the United States of America. We declare this nation shall endure.
0: Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for July the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our Founding Fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America, that is our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the great peaceful solutions that we still have at our fingertips, as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth using the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. Welcome to the broadcast. It is an extended Independence Day weekend, ladies and gentlemen, celebrating while we celebrate at 365 and a quarter days a year, others Only, you know, talk about it when they can on the 4th or something like that. Uh, We celebrate liberty and independence all the time on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this broadcast is about. Dr. Scott Bradley with me once again. Welcome, sir.
3: Well, thank you very much.
11: And uh, based upon what I'm experiencing in the weather, we must officially be in the dog days of summer. I don't know. Is there a a calendar date we usually shoot for for that, or is it just here early, in my opinion?
1: It is here early, sir, and it's hotter than (laughs) all I'll oh, get out I'll tell you that right now the sun just beating down and wow and it's big drought time uh, as well I might add
11: well you know it's it it is and it's interesting to me uh you know the the scriptures speak of the proud and they that do wickedly and the uh, under those that are um you know basically the uh the wise and the prudent all of their stuff is being set aside the Lord talks about that happening you know in the in the scriptures and and I just can't help but wonder if sometimes if if we're not missing the the cause of all this kind of nonsense when we have actually cast aside the source of all our blessings, it kind of reminds me well of nineteen sixty two which is a long ways for a lot of people to go back, but when we basically excommunicated God from our schools the the downside of all of that, and I think we're still you know. Really, really heavily in that slide, but um, nobody seems to understand that the the quality that we had at one time in this nation educationally, or the quality that we had in our you know prosperity and our our you know all of the things that that made America such a delightful, wonderful land, have kind of been cast aside now. I, I just feel really pretty terrible about that, and it seems like nobody seems to equate that. To how we've turned our back on on the things that you know God originally established in this land, it just doesn't make well, any sense. Well, and Doctor Bradley, that that's, why say, that's why I
1: say, they say there's no such thing as politics when you really think about it. All there is are moral issues. Politics is an effort to divide and conquer us on every topic under the sun. Uh, you divide first by the people who don't want to talk about controversial things. You make politics controversial. So you get rid of most of the population who don't want to deal with controversy. Then the rest just kind of wrestle with the hogs with all the divide-and-conquer tactics at, 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 at hand in the media. But I submit to you that all issues are moral. And the example I gave Lowell last hour about this that I want to reiterate for you uh, because it relates to the dog days of summer and climate change and everything else. Look, does the climate change change? Yes, it does, ladies and gentlemen. It has cycles to it. Every day it gets hot and every night it gets cooler. Every day the sun comes out and then every night the moon comes out and, uh, you know, there's clouds and etc. that it changes, okay, on a daily basis. Climate change happens, uh, you know, with winter, spring, summer, and fall. So it's yearly cyclical as well. And then we have ice ages and heat ages through the history of the earth that we can check. Okay, all that has some truth to it. Now, here's the reality. God is the ultimate weatherman. And when the people keep the commandments of God, he blesses them with rain and crops and stability and safety and food and harmony and happiness. And wow, it's incredible. If we keep his commandments, that's the blessing. That's his promise to all of us. On the other hand, if we turn our back on God Almighty, he uses the elements. He uses the weather uh, and calamities as a way to stir us up in remembrance of our God. It's an act of love to prevent even greater and more miserable consequences for our disobedience. Okay, so the climate does change. God's in charge of the weather; he's the ultimate weatherman. However, uh, we also got to understand that God gave us the earth, and he said, "You know what? I want you to take care of it, and and uh, you know, be kind to the earth and treat it respectfully, and and it'll give you plenty bounty." However, what governments have done now is they've said we are above God. Climate change is upon us. Humans are the enemy of climate change. Therefore, population control and pro-death agendas take hold and control of every aspect of our life uh, and our lives are are, um, contemplated by government in an effort to supposedly protect us from this evil climate change, uh, replacing God. Um, The problem is God would uh, stir us up in remembrance of him and continue to promote and protect our agency to choose as we will choose rightly and wonderful consequences follow choose wrongly and wow the consequences are brutal Uh, on the other hand governments uh, they don't want to preserve agency what they want to do is force us to do what they think is best under the climate change agenda uh, they have and really it's god against government in this climate change battle Uh, the problem is that's not none of that is political it's all a moral question uh, that we're discussing but they want to make it very political indeed because that's how they divide and conquer what do you say to that pro dr bradley
11: well i think that you're onto something Uh, part of the problem we've got is that uh, we have preached this secular religion so expansively so almost universally for so many decades so many generations now that uh, the hearts and minds are largely turned from god by our officialdom if you will i mean uh this idea, we I mentioned 1962 and, and the issue of the Supreme Court kicking God out of school. Well, there's a lot of other things that are, I mean, weather certainly is a part of that, I believe. But, um, you know, there there's a whole bunch of, as you point out, moral issues. And it, it can be war. I mean, you know, you say, oh, I'm pro-life. But a lot of those politicians that say they're pro-life are pro-death. Once the kid's born and becomes 18 years old, we want to send them all around the world and become a warlike people, become a warmongering people. I mean, think of the moral uh, tenor of the nation, whether it's pornography or the type of entertainment that we have, whether it's the way we've kind of debauched uh, the true character of marriage. Um, It's just a broad spectrum of things, and, and it seems like we're just bound and determined that we're going to kind of uh, cast aside any of the moral foundational kinds of moorings, if you will, that God has given throughout all of history that, that were directed to help us, you know, enjoy the abundance that God had originally established for the earth. You know, you think about the earth. It's a... You know I as a little kid, I was fascinated by terrariums and how they had the kind of their own little ecosystem, and they they generated their own moisture. It seemed like you know it would it would condense and then it would come back into the earth, and the the plants flourished and grew and It, it was just astounding to me but but this good earth that we've got that's been going for so many thousands of years. And has been rejuvenating itself as you talk about the different seasons you know the season of rest perhaps in the winter time for those of us in a hemisphere that uh, experiences the seasons and and then there's a, a renewing and then there's a, a time of sowing and a time of reaping and all of these things i mean you know a time for all things and all seasons and and it's it's been recycling if you will at the direction of God, I, th- I think the, the Earth is probably one of the. Well, I, I think all of God's creations, except for humankind, um, are really focused, allowing, willing, uh, obedient, if you will, to to the direction and counsel God has given them. God puts the planets in their in their locations, and it set He set the times and seasons of the Earth. And there's been um, all sorts of Efforts by mankind to foul things up, but but the earth keeps on chucking, you know. It, it keeps going through everything that it's supposed to do, while we, God's children, supposedly His most uh, advanced creations, continue to rebel and and to you know basically cast aside. Oh, we don't need that anymore. We're too cosmopolitan. Oh no no no. We 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 have become so. Mm, advanced. Uh, you know, we, we worship the wisdom of man. I mean, you look at this COVID vaccine. Holy cow. I listen to what has been done on that and the spin that has been put in that and the lack of science in what's there and and what is being offered as the solution to everything that uh, God really had solutions all along the way. And, and we were unwilling to give consideration to them. I mean, It's just astonishing to me how we we looked to big pharma making billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of dollars off of this when they have no risk, they have no proven technology, they have no science really to say this is going to work because they've never used this technology on humans before. And the news break just before we came on, I, I heard how Fauci was making his big pitch Oh, put aside your differences and get that. Uh, you know, I find people were saying, oh, for abundance of caution, let's mask up, let's lock down, let's do all this. And none of the people are willing to recognize the uh, the abundance of caution that we could be exercising right now and recognizing the downside to what we're doing to ourselves with the wisdom of man and the understanding of the prudent and the wise so-called, that God has said he will put it not. He, I mean, he has told us that that's not going to work. I mean, you know, you you read, uh, I mean, you know, for example, in Isaiah, and, and, and he talks about these things. And it's like, holy cow. Uh, <clears throat> he talks about uh, the wisdom of the wise shall perish, understanding of the prudent be set aside, hid. Looking at 1 Corinthians, you know, uh, he, he tells us what he's going to do, and these, all these wise men that we have out there are destroying everything. That sounds like we've got to take a
1: break, doesn't it? Got to pray and got to work hard, ladies and gentlemen. We are celebrating Independence Day on your radio with Dr. Scott Bradley, Sun.com.
6: Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves.
5: When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals?
6: But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example.
5: Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
1: All right, back with your live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Buchman, Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio, talking about the sacred cause of liberty as always on your radio talking about God's laws, talking about things are not political as you are led to believe. That's the divide and conquer tactic. Really, things are moral. God using the weather to stir us up in remembrance of him. And I'm telling you right now, as we continue to turn our back on God, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to get much worse, much worse indeed, folks, if we're not very, very careful. Um, this is kind of a serious, serious discussion, Dr. Bradley, about... Uh, You know, I believe that right now uh, we have problems with kind of the coronavirus or whatever else. And uh, this is to stir us up in remembrance of our God, in my opinion. And uh, it was kind of a shot across the bow. Are we going to turn to God or are we going to reject his word? Um, We're seeing this all over the place. But the next step might be the climate change debate and might eventually be a famine. If we don't, don't. I don't know what kind of to say. Uh, but to work on this, we, it, it's something that we better really take heat about, or we're going to have a famine in the land, sir. There's been so many years of drought already, it wouldn't take much to make it worse.
11: Well, like I say, we do think that we're so sophisticated that we're above all of that stuff. It's like the yo-yo that was back east at one of the town hall meetings that said, what do we need farmers for? We've got grocery stores. I mean, the short-sightedness of how we're doing things, we're not connecting the dots. Uh, We've gotten very poor at connecting the dots in terms of our reading for understanding and cognitive understanding of different things, what, what's related and what's not. And people would say, oh, you're you're trying to conflate things by relating the weather and, and difficulties in society to a, an abandonment of God. And I think, well, you know what? If you can't learn from the historical references that we can bring forth, you, you read, maybe you're past learning. Maybe you can't learn. But but i i would submit that that you know famine uh, weather and everything has historically been used by god and i think that uh, that it's it's a problem today i think war has historically been used similarly to scourge the people i i think that the economy the economic situations have been used similarly where where it seems as though suddenly we're out of control we We've lost what bearings we thought we had, and and ultimately and finally, historically, the people have said, oh yeah, God. But today, uh, like I say, we've had this humanist religion that's been pounded into every generation for so long that man and their understanding is all that we worship, uh, and we've created our own gods. Uh, And whatever you put at the high, the pinnacle, if you will, and and uh, basically look to that as your salvation, Is your God. I mean, we've got a false God today in government. I mean, uh, that's, that's... Amen to that. And we've got worship. a false
1: God in our worship of some of these leaders as well. Let me give you kind of a point to make this. The question is, is Ron DeSantis the tip of the GOP, um Spear. Spear in 2024 <laughs> is the question. And I kind of look at that and I go, you know what? I'm not saying that Ron's done a horrible job, but if we think think Ron is going to save us, we're completely mistaken. Uh, That's the same thing they kind of asked about Trump and they asked about Obama and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Is Ron DeSantis the tip of the 2024 GOP spear? I don't think so. You look at Brian Kemp and Governor Brian Kemp says Biden is weaponizing the Department of Justice. Well, they literally thought Biden would save us all. Now he's weaponizing the Department of Justice. Um, Not only would Brian Kemp say that, but so would many others. Myself, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump. You would even say that, Scott Bradley, that, you know what? Biden is weaponizing the Department of Justice. But we look to leaders in some crazy ways these days. This idea that they're a savior figure is mocking, in my opinion, the real savior, the one and only Jesus Christ, Dr. Bradley.
11: Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, if we worship at the altar of COVID, which we are doing, and we look to these pharma companies and researchers and scientists as saviors, we have chosen false gods, and, and they may not be gods of stone and steel and uh, things that are made out of gold or images of silver or whatever that we saw anciently, but that which we look to as our salvation becomes our God, and when we do that, I think we offend God. And and I think the same thing <clears throat> happens oftentimes with with you, you bring out the leaders, for example. The, they're human beings. They're mortal. They're as weak and imperfect as I am. There's no question about that. And unless and until they conform their actions, their perspectives, their if you will policies, with those of our divine God they're going to disappoint in terms of of the results they'll bring i i find it so astounding to people how they say oh my goodness i made this big mistake oh my community oh my my whatever the this the nation's making a big mistake and who did those mistakes people people do those mistakes oh suddenly we're going to look to a mortal person to be the one that's going to correct all of those mistakes and you say no people do stupid things and and whether you're sitting at the highest office in the nation or whether you're the mayor or the governor or whether you're some guy that's just trying to figure out what kind of weed killer to put on his lawn which we could talk about that for a long time too about how wise some of those things are but the point of the matter is people make stupid decisions and to think that somebody, because they have gained some preeminence, because they were able to convince enough people to vote for them, suddenly have all the answers, we're fooling ourselves. I mean, we have a divine perspective that is, in my opinion, tried and true, proven unequivocally, it is stable, it's predictable, it is safe. And, and yet we look to individuals, as you point out. I mean, some of these people that are surfacing, I guarantee to you, a close examination of these individuals will disappoint you. I mean, and, and we could bring out countless examples of virtually everybody we elect our presidents out of a, a, a basically a crop of lesser[s]. Almost everybody that holds high office is a lesser, and and part of that problem is the way that our political system is set up today. And and the founding fathers foresaw that we could. We could read just something that s- some of them said, in regards to to how these kinds of people would become our leaders, as we progressed as a nation. Progress is a bad word, as we um, extended our our time as a nation, because our leaders have become more questionable, more selected out of a group of lessers. To the point that you say, how can, we, how can we trust them? How can we respect them and expect them to come up with good solutions? We can't. But, but there is a true and valid approach to things, and it's a return to the original foundation. God gave judges in the beginning that were, that were wise. But then over time, they polluted things, and you, and you got to the point where the judges were part of the problem. And yes, indeed, they are today our judges now? Ju- when I say judges, I don't mean just you know the the ones that wear black robes and sit on the bench and and uh, send people to prison and stuff like that. I'm talking about those that sit in political assignments. That uh, these are supposedly we're supposed to uh, elect wise individuals to those things, and uh, their wisdom is called in question almost every moment that we have any interaction with them. So we look back to the original source of the information and the knowledge and the understanding that was uh, that was originally established for us to be happy and successful and that by the way is where the founding fathers looked uh when they were attempting to establish this new government of theirs and and we've talked about this before I don't need to belabor it but but the fact of the matter is they saw, I mean, as you come through the Renaissance, they saw things, order in the universe. They saw things had a place that spoke of a creator, of a purpose, of a divine role. And and when they saw that in everything from the smallest to the largest creations in the universe, they got to thinking, maybe just maybe God has purpose and he has a uh, a plan, he has a formula, if you will, that might bring happiness to mankind and and they they looked to the scriptures for those things and what those things they came up with were individual god-given rights that are to be protected i mean this idea of thou shalt not steal what makes you think government with the approval of a, a majority of people can steal now they can't not and and have god be pleased with them thou shalt not commit adultery you're not supposed to do anything like kill hmm What's like that? Oh, abortion. Oh, warfare. We mock the prince of peace. Everything we turn about and we make legal in our society that violates baseline principles, I, I believe ultimately and finally we're going to be accountable for them. And George Mason in the uh, Constitutional Convention talked about how nations don't exist in in eternity, and therefore they have to have their judgment in this life and and i think we're fast approaching that in america it's time for our hearts to be turned back to where it needs to be where they need amen to, be. to that, that ladies say. and gentlemen
1: there seems to be a dearth of righteous leadership in america and in the world today doesn't there hang tight liberty roundtable live
8: to the wind blow.
0: exposing corruption informing citizens pursuing liberty you're listening to liberty news radio usa radio news with lance
7: pride the champlain towers in surfside florida are no more After the partial collapse June 24th that killed dozens with hundreds still missing, the precarious building was hampering efforts to workers. It came down Sunday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, and workers have resumed their efforts. A broad array of businesses and public agencies were hit Friday by the latest ransomware attack on all continents. Those hit were financial services, travel and leisure, and the public sector, though few large companies. A $70 million demand was posted on a blog typically used by the Revel cybercrime gang working on Russian soil. Singers Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton got married on Saturday. The ceremony took place at Shelton's Oklahoma ranch, where sources said he built a chapel in the backyard with the intention of marrying Stefani there. This is USA Radio News.
12: Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part.
10: Linzess or linacletide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six and
7: How many hot dogs could you eat in 10 minutes? Well, we have a new world record. Jeremy Scott
8: reports. For the 14th time, defending champion Joey Jaws Chestnut took home the men's crown in Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest.
5: With 76 76, Nathan's Nathan's Hot Dogs!
8: Downing 76 dogs and buns in 10 minutes, one more than his record-setting feat last year. On the women's side, Michelle Lesko took the women's title, downing nearly 31 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Rating women's champion and record holder Mickey Sudo skipped this year because she's expecting a baby in a few weeks. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott.
7: Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, have we lost our hot dog eating minds? You got a woman that's pregnant that eats 31 plus hot dogs. You think that's good for her or her baby? All to supposedly be the woman's champion. Women eating half, less than half as many hot dogs as the men competitions. And we pretend there's no difference in male and females. And then, I mean, eating this many hot dogs, I mean, eating five hot dogs makes me want to puke. Oh, my goodness gracious. Horrible. But what will we do in America for bogus leaders and bread and circus, doctor?
11: You know, a couple, of, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go down there with a the hot dog. It's just, it's insanity. I guess it. All it I'm makes telling my you point. is it's the
1: bread and circus we're known for, though. We're just yes. achieved from things that matter most, is the whole point.
11: We are distracted, uh, absolutely, by, as you say, bread and circuses, and that was a big portion of the fall of Rome and how they kept the people distir- distracted. And we're kept distracted by fear, doubt, this idea. You've got to have hopelessness and all this kind of stuff. And 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 it's always there, and, and there is hope by turning to God. A couple of things. One, but just before the break, you played something about the listen to the wind blow. I I think that, you know, that little exit music that you played. Um, the wind blowing is basically how politicians make decisions nowadays. They, If they can't create the wind to blow us that direction, they will listen or feel or sense the wind blowing and go that direction in order to give the people what they want, uh, which has uh, been misdirected for a long time as we've talked about the humanist religion that's currently, and for the last many generations, has been at the center of our lives. But but here's something that George Washington said. Uh, there's some, con- you know, some controversy about this because some that were at the convention said he didn't. No, they didn't say he didn't. It just wasn't recorded by them. Others that were there said he did. There's historians that have argued about this. But I think the wisdom in this has, has got to be something we give consideration to. Uh, he, he said, if to please the people we offer what we ourselves disapprove, how can we afterwards defend our work? Let us raise a standard to which the wise and the honest can repair. The event is in the hands of God. Okay, now see, that's how they looked at it. This idea of blowing in the wind of of giving us giving away to something that the that the people if we all oh, we're going to please the people okay and and of course they try to tell us what we're going to be pleased with and and they try and make us fear and doubt and they drive us into different things you know the 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 idea with this covid thing they they have used fear they they've used flattery they've used bribery and and at some point i th- i fear it'll come to com- you know kind of force and compulsion but but the idea of trying to drive us, like scared rabbits, into a pen for the slaughter seems to be what happens so often today, and I like what George Washington said, Let us raise a standard to which the wise and the honest can repair. The event is in the hands of God. And and that's where they were looking for this. There There were men there present, and I can go back and give you their words and their works many times, where they felt the hand of God, the finger of God, the providence. And they didn't always say, you know, God the Father, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They used other terminology to to bring that imagery of God forward. And uh, and that was where they were focused. That was what their intent was. And today, I, I look at the unbelievably distracting uh, perversions that are happening out there. And and I think of our governor, for example, he's a typical example of putting your finger in the wind, doing the politically correct thing, and being a third grade cheerleader girl that gets so breathlessly excited. I mean, he, he asks us to pray for rain and to end the drought. At the same time, he's celebrating uh, a perversion of sexual relationships between men and women. And it is just men and women, you know that. But the fact of the matter is they have all of these different things. You say, oh, wait, 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 no, no, God ordained this, this is his plan, and you're saying, oh, we're going to call on God to end our drought, but we're going to celebrate a perversion of God's plan. It just doesn't make any sense to me what the what the politicians are doing. They, they blow in the wind like your little, I don't know what you call that music when you go off into another segment. It's but called bumper I, music. And I was In and out by bumpers, this. bumper. Bumper music. It. Okay. Well, you're bumpering us around, and that's what the politicians are doing. And that you know, they they do this stuff, and and it's kind of like they make popular stuff that is not wise. We need to make popular again that which is sound and good and wise, and unpopular that which is not sound and good and wise. And I guess that's. One of the big challenges of, you know, being on the radio occasionally in a in a world that seems to be all mixed up. It, we we a voice of reason doesn't seem to have as much volume as it needs.
1: <laughs> Sad but true, but so. we're trying to amp up the volume the best we can, ladies and gentlemen. Your finances obviously help us accomplish that goal. We don't want your money to support our families. We take care of that ourselves, but we do believe that you know what? A lot of hands make heavy burdens light and your financial support is very helpful indeed to cover the costs of these broadcasts. George Washington, let us raise a standard to which the wise and honest can repair. The rest is in the hands of God. As we realize, ladies and gentlemen, there is a dearth in righteous moral leadership in America and in the world today. Let me highlight some of these examples. Governor Kemp, Brian Kemp says Biden is weaponizing the Department of Justice. Imagine blatant claims that the president of the United States is uh, weaponizing a government agency, and imagine the people doing nothing about it and not being really concerned. They're they're ready to eat 75 hot dogs or watch somebody do it and then just celebrate. They're ready to watch a pregnant woman eat 31 hot dogs. Okay, that's what we're focused on: bread and circus to the core. It's insanity. Ladies and gentlemen, but Joe Biden is taking us on not only is he um, weaponizing the Department of Justice, but here's a Joe Biden reality check ladies and gentlemen I want you to listen to Joe here and then we'll talk about it
12: Cameron if you are if you are incapable of thinking or you're mentally ill, you can't own a weapon if you're a terrorist, you can't own a weapon. you shouldn't be able to own a weapon if you're an abuser you sh- and so on and so forth you've never there's never been a limit on who can own that anybody could own a weapon period. No, and by the way, those who say the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots, a great line. Well, guess what? The fact is if you're going to take on the government, you need an F-15 with hellfire missiles. There's no way an AK-47 is going to take care of you if, the, if you're going to take on. You're worried about the government coming down, knocking down your door. And so it's bizarre. We never said you, you could own any weapon at all from the beginning. You can't own a machine gun. You can't own a bazooka, you can't own an M1 tank, you know, no matter how much money you have. You can limit the kind of weapons that are able to be owned. And so I think, and by the way, of all the work I've done on this, including in our administration, I, I now have over 58% of the NRA members acknowledging you can't own an assault weapon. There's no need for it. You can't have, you can't have a magazine that has more than 10, 10 rounds in it. And I'll do it again, because here's what happens. Think about, talk about moral depravity. These beautiful young kids that are here, I hope.
1: Think about that. The president of the United States literally weaponizing the Department of Justice says Governor Brian Kemp. I think he's right, but now he's assaulting our right to keep and bear arms, making fun of us, saying, hey, there's no way an AK-47 is going to take care of you. Biden dismisses founding father, quote, on militias or a right to keep and bear arms, this president needs to flat out be arrested, Doctor Bradley. I mean, this is insanity.
11: Well, he completely misquoted the. It isn't the blood of patriots that's the fertilizer; it's the blood of tyrants. I mean that. Go back and read the original wording. I mean, tyrants are the ones that are that are to lose their blood, so that we can, can preserve. Can we see if you can
1: play that again, really quick? Just let's just do this real fast.
12: If you are, if you are incapable of thinking, or you're mentally ill, you can't own a weapon. If you're a terrorist, you can't own a weapon. You shouldn't be able to own a weapon if you're an abuser, so on and so forth. You've never, there's never been a limit on who can own, that anybody could own a weapon, period. And by the way, those who say the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots, a great line.
1: Uh Well, guess what? There you go. (laughs) The blood of patriots, ladies and gentlemen, is that really what was said? It I wasn't. agree I don't think so it was so. The it's blood tyrants,
11: of, right? of, of it was the blood of patriots and tyrants it's uh, the the fact of the matter is that sometimes people get pushed too far and it does take blood now we have a way we have peaceful means of restoring and preserving our blessings of liberty but the fact of the matter is that we are ignoring the constitutional process. See, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, which we should have all been doing not just this weekend but but going forward the It talks about the right of the people to alter or abolish their government and and the founding fathers had used all of their processes that they felt like they had you know the on bended knee and supplication and all that kind of stuff to try and get the king's and parliament's attention they were out of they were out of options okay. And, and I always say, we've got two things that they didn't have. One is the vote, which is in question now after the 2020 election. It has been on a downhill grade for a long time, so I lose a little bit of that argument. The other thing is the Constitution. It allows you to change, but until it's changed by an authentic act, it is it is absolutely required that all obey it. And, and Biden is not obeying it with his talk about how we're going to... Uh, destroy the second amendment that that's tight
1: ladies and gentlemen quick pause dr scott bradley on your radio
4: how many times do i have to tell you i swear it just goes in one ear and out the other don't you understand english
3: your children
7: are probably too polite to tell you hello those things on the side of your head aren't turnips But they get just as frustrated when you won't listen to them as you do when they won't listen to you.
4: Do I need to speak slower?
7: In fact, few things show children how much they're valued and respected more than a parent's willingness to listen.
9: Tell me what she did at work today.
7: Studies show when parents listen, children develop better listening skills themselves. They also tend to have more self-confidence and are more likely to avoid alcohol and drugs. Now sit
4: down here and tell me all about it.
7: When you really listen, love is what they'll hear.
4: Thank you for sharing that with me.
7: From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org.
9: Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
1: Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman on your radio, so Joe Biden mocking the Founding Fathers. No way an AK-47 is going to take care of you. Biden dismisses quote from the founding Fathers regarding militias, etc. Uh, and he believes that, hey, you know what? The government's in control. They can do whatever they want with you. And he's mocking the public about this. But the quote, let's be clear, comes from Thomas Jefferson. And he was writing to, I think it was William Smith back in 1787. And the quote said, The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood. Of patriots and tyrants it's its natural manure and the general point he's making is when government gets too belligerent and out of control that we better stand up against it or else we'll have a complete tyranny on our hands because that's the way it goes when secret combinations get above the people uh, that is the quote time and place in, in which it was said uh, and it, uh, you know he doesn't bring out the reality he just wants the blood of Patriots uh, to be highlighted what he doesn't realize is that tyrants such as himself um, you know, are in question as well. Now, I'm not in any way suggesting violence towards the president. What I'm telling you is, this is a quote from Jefferson to highlight that you know what, we can't let government get too far above the people. And sadly, when tyr- tyranny thugs try to take control, they force war. Uh, and it's sad, but self-defense, protecting our wives, our children, our sacred honor, and our liberty, uh, becomes at stake. But we're left with no choice sometimes when we let tyrants get above us to that degree, Doctor Bradley.
11: Well, you know, William Smith was uh, John Adams' son-in-law, okay? So, you know, they, these guys were, you know, they all worked and, and knew each other well. And, and if you look at the entirety of the, the letter that he wrote, and, and there's not time to read it all, but here, well, a couple of things he said in it. God forbid we should ever be 20 years without a rebellion.
12: Ha,
11: ha, ha. And, well, anyway, here's another one. What country before ever existed a century and a half without rebellion? and what country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance let them take arms so here's here's the deal uh, the The founding Fathers, and and, and the Declaration of Independence is foundational on this thing. It's the right of the people to alter or abolish their government, and the consent of the governed is required. And the purpose of government is to secure God-given rights. All of those things are within a couple of sentences within the Declaration of Independence. Those things were considered and preserved in the Constitution of the United States. And and, uh, George Washington, in his farewell address, said that if anything's found wrong, we've got the means to change it. We can do it peacefully, and we're never supposed to change it unless it's wrong. Well, the problem is that we're never supposed to do it by usurpation or by guess or by golly. This is all supposed to be followed. Everybody that goes into office takes an oath to uphold the Constitution. And so if a Joe Biden is up there, and so you a magazine with more than 10 rounds. What? Or this idea that you have a parkerized finish, on a firearm that doesn't have a smooth walnut stock with a, a, a shiny blued uh, barrel. There's nothing in there about that. And the idea, by the way, let's go back to the uh, <laughs> the Firearms Act of 1934. Basically, when that the Miller case was decided, and we could go in detail about that, had there been anybody defending the Miller case, and not just the government presenting there, the Supreme Court basically said, Nobody proved a short barreled shotgun was ever used in war, that's because they never talked about it in the thing, because there was no defense of it. That's what that decision was about. Because nobody proved it had ever been used in war, then the government can regulate it. Whoa, 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 what's the corollary to that? If it's been used in war, the government cannot regulate it. Okay? So uh and and two of the Supreme Court justices, if I recall correctly, had served in World War One, two of them surely knew that the short-barreled shotguns have been a very effective weapon. The Germans complained about it uh, in trench warfare. And and short-barreled shotguns have been used since the invention of firearms. So the fact of the matter is that the Miller case actually strengthened the idea that these military-style weapons should be in the hands of the people. All of these things that that if you don't know the history and background, we kind of scrape and bow and and, uh, duck and run run and hide, and we assume that guys like Joe Biden know what they're talking about. Well, none of us. None of your listeners probably assume that, but, but there are people throughout the nation that do. They think about this, but Jefferson's statement that he wrote back in 1787 is a contradiction or at least maybe his letters a warning against guys like Joe Biden. We do have a constitutional basis upon which we can stand. We do have a way that our consent has been given. The government is there to preserve God-given rights, and we, we need to stand by those things and quit capitulating for crying out loud. It is absurd what we're doing in this nation because of ignorance. And again, that goes back to the humanist religion that's being preached in the school system. That is, that is a social agenda. That's you know, school has become, and so has the military, become kind of a uh, a social club, in which the politicized agendas are fostered and encouraged. People need to go back and understand and read what they, uh, what the true story is, and not, and not just go by some soundbite that some buffoon that doesn't have any traction in his daily life in terms of his mental cognitive
1: capabilities is feeding to us through his handlers, of course. But Well, and now people are starting to say literal doctors and everything else. We need to have uh, a serious um, evaluation of uh, Joe Biden's uh, mental faculties, et cetera. This is critical. Um, get it done. Trump's White House doctor calls for um, get it done. Calls for a an evaluation of Trump's or of Biden's. I'm sorry. Um, undergo cognitive tests, etc. Do you want to respond well, to that, Dr. Madeline?
11: Oh, absolutely. But but uh, and I've been saying, basically, since the 25th Amendment came around, and that was back in 1967, that that it's going to bite us bad. <clears throat> it's going to be the, the source of a huge trouble. That 25th Amendment allows um, the president to be replaced, we don't have time to read the whole thing. It's a convoluted mass of he said, she said, I said, nobody said, who cares what you said kind of thing. But the point of the matter is that they're looking to have the 25th Amendment invoked and and it's kind of like, holy cow, look who's going to take the job, it's Kamala. She's not even a natural born citizen. She doesn't qualify to hold the job of vice president or president. And we could talk about That it is correct. That a great but link. they set
1: the standard with Obama before that. The Republicans didn't do anything about it. Trump promised he'd expose the lie. He never did. So there you have it. They've set the standard where Republicans and Democrats are all uh, part of it by their silence or their advocation. It doesn't matter which the results end up being the same. It's a Sad tale to tell. I want to get one other story in before the end of the hour, Dr. Bradley. It's of the same focus, though. An arriving tropical storm, they claim, made demolition using controlled explosives unavoidable following the building collapse, the authorities said. We're talking about Surfside, Florida, where the literal um, building collapsed Uh, and now they uh, demolish the thing we're seeing we're seeing the same pattern i highlighted on one of the broadcasts in the last several weeks this 15 um telltale signs the false flag formula is what it's called 15 ways to detect a false flag article that somebody put out several years ago um and one of the ways is you destroy all the evidence before we can really get to it they did this with the um um, Twin Towers and Building 7 and all that kind of stuff as well, uh, Dr. Bradley, where they got rid of all the all all the all the uh, evidence uh, so quickly, and now this one. We haven't even hardly got the victims out, but yet they've already demolished it and destroyed all the evidence. It's a telltale sign of a flat-out false flag. Who destroyed that building and why, I don't know, but I'm telling you that when they do this, there's cover signs of cover-up. They can call me a conspiracy theorist if they want to. The reality, though, is there dr bradley
11: you know it's it's interesting uh i've got a friend that's about as cynical as i am and, and i guess i have a lot of friends that way because because people are just it's it's baffling to them it's complete, a complete enigma to the things that are being foisted on the country today and, and this this friend says anytime a, uh, a press release news conference is called you know they're doing spin control I mean it's it's like he's it's like you're never going to get truth out of this because somebody wants to spin the story a certain way start the narrative not just a storyline they want a script that's out there and and you could look across the board I mean almost anything that has happened you know you go back to the Gulf of Tonkin incident or you go back to the to the trade towers that you bring back or you br- go back to the uh, John F Kennedy assassination or you go back to the uh, the, to the issue of the COVID thing, that's it's all been completely narrated, and, and it's a, it's not just a narration. I always say that it's a complete script, and and we can go from the very beginning of each one of these things, and and it's like, okay, we tell this lie often enough, and and don't vary from it. It will become truth. And remember, and when you varied from America. it
1: before, when you varied from it before, they just said you were a nut, a crackpot, a wacko, a conspiracy theorist. Now they're literally saying you're a terrorist.
11: Well, and that's true. And like I, we've talked about before, how I've been deplatformed because I don't go with the storyline. You know, the if it's not a storyline, it's a script for crying out loud. And and I point out the flaws. That are so often that should be readily apparent to every single person that has, you know, anything more than a half a brain. If you don't have a, and, and I guess we do have a lot of universal insanity, and it's been exacerbated by a lack of oxygen, for the about the last year and a half because we've we've cut down our brain cells' oxygenation with the way we've approached this thing. But the, but the point of the matter is that that that's how we as a people are deceived into tyranny, and it, it's almost a universal storyline. You know, there's a book out, his name was Pat Shannon, I think, that wrote it, and it was, it's called yes, Everything, Everything, Everything they, they Ever Told, told Me is a lie. lie. Yeah, that's and, right. And, and if you get it and read it, it's like, holy cow. Pat Shannon, I mean, a dear friend, got, though, by the way, a great guy. Oh, is he? You know him. Wonderful. Yeah, of course. I wish I knew he's him. He'd be on the radio with very... us all the time. Did he really? Well, he he's, he's he's got some compelling evidence that that if you stop and think about it, you say, wait, wait, wait. Uh, so so that that wasn't true either. I mean, and I I remember back and and well, I don't even have to remember back that far to 1964 because you know in my master's program I reviewed the Gulf of Tonkin, for example, or you look at the Liberty incident in 1967. I mean, the 60s were just a pack of lies. Well, and I think it's gotten worse. It's just that we didn't have all the, the uh, ability to go out and do the research on it. But but if you look at the Liberty incident and the six day war with Israel and all that kind of stuff, what a devastatingly lie. And and LBJ and Robert McNamara, I mean the, the it's like the, the Yeah same on the USS Liberty they just there.
1: had a, a Yes a um a commemoration down in Florida and we sent uh Annie Miller, one of the Liberty News Radio people down there live and covered it. And uh, I interviewed people while I was at Red Pill Expo. We took part of the time and interviewed uh, some of the people that are living from the USS Liberty um, uh, for that commemoration just recently over the last, uh, what was it, a month ago or whatever. Um, Anyway, so we did that as well. So, you know what, we're doing the very best we can to tell the tale of liberty, ladies and gentlemen. Our prayers are with you and your family, your loved ones, that you will wake up to these things, that you will have the integrity and the guts to stand for liberty that we could preserve this nation. We don't seek for power. We seek to pull it down, ladies and gentlemen. And we seek to have transparent truth. And in the war in heaven continued on earth, we stand with the Lord's side who, ladies and gentlemen. Let's make that very clear. Jesus Christ lives. He loves us. He's the author of our liberty. And the only way for us to have liberty is to keep his commandments. And if we do so, he promises us that he will protect us and heal our land. What an incredible promise to celebrate this Independence Day. For Dr. Scott Bradley, sun.com and Sam Bushman, God save
5: the Republic of the United States of America. We declare this nation shall endure.